some have called Paul Kagame, that's the current president of Rwanda, as the Lee Kuan Yew of Africa. Lee Kuan Yew, if you don't remember, is that Singapore, a prime minister who transformed Singapore from a backward port city, third world country, to a first world country within 25 years. That's just within a generation. So some have made comparisons so that Rwanda's Paul Kagame is Africa's own version of Lee Kuan Yew. Because Kagame has taken Rwanda from the genocide-stricken country it was when it was at its lowest moment to the current place where it's booming economically, at least it's a middle-income country and going on to first-world country. And so you have all these uh, big multinational companies and elite uh, global universities setting up base in Rwanda. So that's the economic part. So economically, I think Kagame ticks in all the right boxes. But politically, of course, you have those who believe that Kagame is just like any other African dictator who represses uh, political dissent and jails uh, opposition and members of the media. So, so that politically they see Kagame as failing big time. And so you have these two sides of Kagame. Kagame, the dictator politically, but Kagame, the mercurial economic uh, miracle manager, uh, uh, transforming Rwanda to great lands economically. And so you have in 2013 when the Harvard Business Review hosted Paul Kagame to a debate, to an interview, sorry, an interview on uh, the future of leadership in Africa. And when it was about politics, Kagame got confrontational. In fact, it is only after the but the then editor of uh, one of the editors of Harvard Business Review, that is Justin Fox, who is currently at Bloomberg Opinion. So Justin Fox had to change the debate to how Kagame runs Rwanda like a business to get Kagame to, to open up and talk about how he has drastically transformed Rwanda economically. So until so, if you talk about uh, political issues then of course you will be Kagame's enemy but if you talk about economic issues you will be his friend and so you find Kagame has a lopsided has a double-sided uh, association with the West he lots them politically and accuses France of being involved in the Rwandan genocide and in fact he welcomed the recent report that pointed that France was had a heavy hand in the Rwandan genocide. And so even Kagame fell out with France and now and even switched the national, the official language of Rwanda from French to English. So that's the lofty relations Kagame has with the West, particularly France. But on economic issues, Kagame sides with the West and such, he loves the intellectuals and such. Uh, intellectuals as the Harvard strategy guru, that is Michael A. Porter, are his key advisors, and they often use Rwanda's case studies for for studying how to transform a country from a backwater to a, a leading transformative country. So you have these two sides of Kagame, but for Kagame, I will hope that he has a post-Kagame succession strategy so that. It is, just a, it is not just a one-man show. As the former president of 
Botswana first smugas is Africa needs strong institutions, not strong men. And one country that I would point out that Kagame could learn from to avoid its mistakes that had a strong man instead of strong institutions is Ivory Coast. Ivory Coast uh, was the darling of everyone. It was the strongest economy in West Africa. It was the France of Africa, its capital. Uh, Abidjan was the Paris of Africa, where expatriates jetted in and out every now and then to hammer one business deal after the other. But after the strong man, that is the founding president, Felix Boini, died in 1994. The center couldn't hold, and so a few years later, a civil war ensued, and Ivory Coast lost 30% of its GDP, all because it didn't have strong institutions, it had a strong man at the helm. And so uh, it is only now beginning to recover, although their president, Alison Watara, just changed the constitution to run for a third term. So it's still a politics of strong man that is going on in Ivory Coast. So I would hope that will be a lesson for Kagame and you will have a post. Kagame succession strategy. For really, the former president of Botswana couldn't be more right that what Africa needs is strong institutions, not strong men. An average president, I think, could even fare far much better with strong institutions that are a strong man, the strong man, however able, able uh, politically, but with no institutions guarding her. So that's just about it on uh, Kagame on his approach to politics more as a bi- to governance more as a, as a business than as a political strategy. So you can get these ideas on the future of politics and governance in Africa in my book that is the New Africa Rising. That is the New Africa Rising by Collins Mabinda Okango. It's available on Amazon.com for only $4.99. That is the new Africa Rising by Collins Mabinda Okango. It's available on Amazon.com for only $4.99. Yeah, I've attached a link at the top. Just copy and paste it into your browser. And then begin reading the first 20 pages for free. And if you like the feel, tone, and outlook of the book and the promise and potential of Africa, kindly make a purchase for only $4.99. So, in the book, I basically address how Africa can move from the periphery of the world, where I call Africa the 1% continent, to the front center and lead of the world to contribute 70% of the global economic output, and that is simply by producing what we consume and consuming what we produce. And of course, that would mean we cut off our natural resources and use it for our own means and value add it. So this will mean that a lot of Western multi-billion dollar corporations will go out of business because they will no longer receive uh, cheap supplies from Africa. So you can be sure they will want to subvert that and cause civil wars, instabilities, install puppet presidents, military coups, economic sabotage and all this war so that th- that instability can then help them gain the upper hand in extracting African mineral and natural resources almost at for free so that they can continue making trillions for their shareholders but make no mistake there's nothing as powerful as an idea of time and as an idea of time has come and you know what idea of time has come that is for africa to move from being the cutting razor of the world to being the a main act of the world. That's just a 150 trillion dollar statement I made right there. 
if you didn't grasp it so that is basically what i address in my book that is a new that is a new africa rising by colin fabinda kango available on amazon.com 4.99 dollar that is a new africa rising by colin fabinda kango it's available on amazon.com only 4.99 dollars so okay i've added a new section that's come through the opinion pages of africa and the world and some student newspapers quickly so that i bring you up to date on what's happening in africa and the world and in the world of students so we have igambia.org igambia.org which is a very good website not a paid promotion so we have igambia.org which says france bears overwhelming responsibility for genocide report says this report was of course commissioned by french president emmanuel macron so that report from that uh, analysis <laughs> So that analysis from mygambia.org says France bears overwhelming responsibility for the Rwanda genocide, report says. And then we have digitalcongo.net, digitalcongo.net, that's about DR Congo, which says, in the presence of Felix Shisekedi, that's the country's president, several agreements have been signed between Qatar and DR Congo, Democratic Republic of Congo. So that's digitalcongo.net. In the presence of Felix Shisekedi, several agreements have been signed between Qatar and Democratic Republic of Congo. So then we move to Ivory Coast. So Abidjan.net, that is Abidjan.net, Amador Samahoro re-elected as the head of the, Niger- of the Ivorian National Assembly. Remember they held the elections about three or four months ago in Alison Watara was re-elected for a third term after changing the constitution. So, in the opinion, Abidjan.net, Amado Samahoro re-elected as the head of the National Assembly. What does it pretend? Then we move to the Nigerian Guardian. That is the Nigerian Guardian. Guardian.ng. So, the first opinion is on fuel subsidy changing Chasing rats and living snake by Luke Onyekakea. That is fuel subsidy. Chasing rats and living snake by by Luke Onyekakea. So that the Nigeria has a fuel subsidy, but a bureaucrat want it removed. It has a 120 billion naira fuel subsidy, but a technocrat, economic technocrat wants want it removed. So we'll see how that goes then. Another opinion piece in the Nigerian Guardian, imperative for courage, not fear, for Yoruba sovereignty. This opinion piece is by Taju Tijani, so it's about Yoruba sovereignty. So I'll just read a sentence from that opinion piece. The Nigerian nation and its actors, the Nigerian nation and its actors have been contemptuous of our desire to resolve national questions through dialogue and civilized consensus that is imperative for fear imperative for courage not fear for yoruba sovereignty by taju tijan so basically a sentence from that opinion piece the nigerian nation and its actors have been contemptuous of our desire to resolve national questions through dialogue and civilized consensus so then we move to rwanda the new times of rwanda 
Rwanda, the New Times of Rwanda, and editorial genocide. There is reason to have hope in latest French report. Editorial on the New Times of Rwanda genocide. There is reason to have hope in new French report which shows that French was culpable in the 1994 Rwandan genocide. And then another editorial, still on the New Times of Rwanda. Editorial, the late President Magufuli, a dictator, ordinary Tanzanians beg to differ. They say he wasn't a dictator, as painted out by the outrage of the Western world, that Magufuli was not a dictator, as painted out in the Western media. So let President Magufuli, a dictator, ordinary Tanzanians beg to differ. And then we move to South Africa, that is the Mail and Guardian. South Africa, that is the Mail and Guardian editorial. Whistleblowers need our protection. Of course, whistleblowers are important in uh, unearthing corruption, huge corruption, and they're important. So, whistleblowers need our protection. And then another editorial Asian South Africans, time to fight back. So, Asian South Africans say it's time to fight back, maybe borrowing from the American. Asian, uh, from the Asian Americans who are also fighting back against Asian hate. And then another editorial still on the Mail and Guardian South Africa. Long-term solutions needed for South Africa's higher education. That is, long-term solutions needed for South Africa's higher education. So that's from the Mail and Guardian South Africa. That's opinion pages. Then opinion pages of African-American news. That is aframnews.com. Opinion pages of African-American news, that is aframnews.com Affirmative action, diversity, or tokenism So that's an opinion piece Affirmative action, diversity, or tokenism That is by That is an opinion piece analyzing how blacks Have been incorporated in Companies of major allied institutions So is it affirmative action, diversity or just a tokenism a tick in the box to make the companies or airlines American institutions look good. And then Nigerian American historically joins Biden cabinet. Nigerian American historically joins Biden cabinet. So Nigerian American seems to be seem to be succeeding in America. And in a book by Amy Chua, that is an American writer who writes the triple heritage what it takes to succeed. She Let's Nigerian Americans as among the most successful immigrant groups in the United States. So we move on to Daily Nation Kenya, that is nation.africa. Daily Nation Kenya. On teenage pregnancy, let us think outside the box. So that's an editorial. On teenage pregnancy, let us think outside the box. And then another editorial. Help ease uh, loans burden as people have lost jobs and cannot survive and cannot service their loans. So that's another editorial on Daily Nation Kenya. Help ease loans burden as people have lost jobs and cannot service their loans. Then another editorial on Daily Nation Kenya. Look for ways to reduce disruptions to education. That is, look for ways to reduce disruptions to education. So those are uh, opinion pages from around Africa that are picked from quite the leading newspapers in Africa. And then we have from around the world opinion page which I picked Project Syndicate which is 
which is an opinion portal project syndicate which is a global opinion portal so America Star Reconstruction by Jeffrey Sachs that is America Star Reconstruction by Jeffrey Sachs so he Jeffrey Sachs Jeffrey Sachs who is the director of Earth Institute at Columbia University of Sustainable Development at Columbia University so he says America's third reconstruction so Republican efforts at water suppression as a battle to maintain white supremacy so American Republican Party has been known for uh, wanting to suppress black voters because black voters are viewed as uh, largely democratic voters so uh, Jeffrey Sachs argues Republican efforts at water suppression as a battle to maintain white supremacy and then another opinion piece still on project syndicate the worst crisis of academic freedom that is the worst crisis of academic freedom calls for greater intellectual effort to develop a shared understanding of the concept and why it matters so the academic freedom is under attack in the west and remember academic freedom is basically you are allowed to say whatever it is that you want to say provided it can be backed up with facts however tragic it is so in this era of being politically correct you know everyone wants to toe the line and people are subdued so in this era of political correctness academic freedom is suffering so that's basically opinion pages from project syndicate so through the opinion pages from Africa and the world then you look at some student newspapers so this one I just looked at the American student newspapers because there's no African university that publishes a daily newspaper so that's an indictment on the African university there's no African university that publishes a daily or at least a, week, a weekly newspaper so I look at uh, some of the student newspapers I will quickly scan through that is the Harvard Crimson the Harvard Crimson leave the flag at half staff that's an opinion piece leave the flag at half staff that is of course in response to the gun killings of the eight Asian Americans and this Asian American hate is basically because of the coronavirus that it came from China and so even President Trump said it's a Chinese virus and so you get where the Asian hate in America is coming from then the paradox another opinion piece in the Harvard Crimson the paradox of peer review so I'll just take a line from that opinion piece on the paradox of peer review problematically peer review assumes a veil of objectivity and expertise when it is an incredibly subjective process so peer review isn't as watertight as it thought peer review is basically where you submit your work to a journal to an ac- a reputed academic journal then it has to go through process of review by authority figures in the field and it will take months before it is published in the journal so that's what basically peer review is so this line from that the paradox peer review says problematically peer reviewer assumes a veil of objectivity and expertise when it is an incredibly subjective process so we we'll go to another student newspaper that is the daily princetonian that is the daily princetonian which says mental health matters we should act like it that is mental health matters we should act like it 
of course there's been a push to mental health and I hope that is self-explanatory. Then another opinion piece on the Daily Princetonian. We are not your model minority, stop Asian hate. That is, we are not your model minority, stop Asian hate. How uh, this Asian hate is because the uh, coronavirus, they say uh, white supremacy say it emanated from China and so they call it the Chinese virus and they pass that hate to Asian Americans. Then another, this, this I think is a, this is a feature article this is not an opinion piece, this is a feature article which says A history of American partisanship Why allowing the divergent voices matters even as founding President George Washington didn't open this Pandora's box So this is a feature article on, on the history of American partisanship History of American partisanship Why allowing divergent views matters so George Washington didn't allow, made all his cabinet members to toe the line, but immediately he died, those divergent views came again because George Washington thought maybe these divergent views would would make uh, would make America ungovernable, as people who had no moral compass would come to govern America. So that's basically. A history of American partisanship. Then another opinion piece in the Daily Princetonian, that's the student's newspaper of Princeton University. The honor code is broken. That is, the honor code is broken. Will you report a student that cheats? That is, the honor code is broken. Will you report a student that cheats? And then also that's Daily Princetonian. Then Stanford Daily. That is the Stanford Daily. Another opinion piece, discovering I was a person of color, discovering I was a person of color. So that's basically, yeah, discovering I was a person of color, so that shows there's still hate and discrimination in America, hate, bias and discrimination. It was to African Americans, but now it's also to Asian Americans because of coronavirus. And then another opinion piece in the Stanford Daily, a message to the community, stop Asian hate. And so Asian American hate seems to be preoccupying the opinion pieces in the American students' newspapers. So then we move to Yale Daily News. Yale Daily News and our opinion piece here, choosing politics. That is choosing politics. The space for students to disagree politically and be friends at the end of the day seems to be shrinking daily. So on the Yale Daily News, that is choosing politics. The space for students to disagree politically and be friends at the end of the day seems to be shrinking daily. So that's from the Yale Daily News. So students seem to be disagreeing on politics and then becoming enemies. So. And then another opinion piece on the Yale Daily News, that is Circus Mirrors, Reflections on Race. Circus Mirrors, Reflections on Race, of course that is the, in response to Asian American hate. And then we move to the Duke Chronicles, which I think is perhaps the best student newspaper in America. That is the Duke Chronicles. That is the Duke Chronicles. The Duke Chronicles and Opinion. 
good enough for Fauci, good enough for Duke Fauci, of course, is the face of uh, coronavirus in America. Dr. Fauci is the face of, that is, he is the doctor, he is, is the face of coronavirus in America, fighting coronavirus in America. So, good enough for Fauci, good enough for Duke. So, from that opinion piece in the Duke Chronicle, that is, Graduation is a momentous occasion, maybe most of all for the families and loved ones who have invested so much in their students. They deserve an invite just as they have received at peer institutions. So this opinion piece, good enough for Fauci, good enough for Duke, means they want an in-person graduation, means Duke students want an in-person graduation. They don't want a virtual uh, commencement or graduation. And then, Lastly, the Brown Daily Herald. That is the Brown Daily Herald, an opinion piece by Hong. That is the class of 2024. Brown Daily Herald, an opinion piece by Hong of the class of 2024. So it it says this opinion piece by Hong of the class of 2024. Brown should require COVID-19 vaccinations for the fall. That is for the fall semester, which begins in September. So they want an in-person. Uh, so this student Hong class of 2024 argues that Brown should require COVID-19 vaccinations for the fall. So for the fall, that is semester that starts in September. So if they are to meet in person, this student wants that all uh, all Brown students be vaccinated before coming to campus in person. So another opinion piece in the Brown Daily Herald. The Brown Daily Herald says no more. Settling the time for student loan forgiveness is now. Of course, student loan is a weighty subject around the world and in America, especially, where student loan is a trillion dollar subject. So, this opinion piece by alums of the class of 2021. This opinion piece by alums of the class of 2021. So, argues no more settling the time for student loan forgiveness is now. So, that's it from opinion pages from Africa, the world, and the student newspapers. I wish African universities had their student newspapers. I would have analyzed. And the reason why I love these student newspapers is because of their sincerity. Of their sincerity, even if you don't agree with the views, you you know this person is sincere in what they are trying to put across. So basically, also, we, you can get my book, that is, and the New Africa Rising by Collis Mabindo Kango. That is the New Africa Rising by Collis Mabindo Kango. I have attached a link at the top. Just copy and paste it into your browser and begin reading the first 20 pages for free. And if you like the feel, tone, and outlook of the book on the promise and potential of Africa, just kindly make a purchase for only $4.99. So also you can visit my website www.mabinda.com. That is www www.mabinda.com Thank you so much for listening. In the next three hours I shall upload another episode. As you can see we've expanded so it's just not our own analysis but we're also bringing analysis from other sources around the world. So that is it for now. In the next three hours I'll be uploading another episode. Thank you so much for listening to my Binda FM. Thank you.